What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? Hey. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? Come on with the nineties. Come on. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Well, I'm Ashley. And I'm Tania. You're listening to yet another episode of Hugh I Do. The podcast that is explaining how the law is like wedding planning. (laughs) (laughs) That was good. But for real though, you'll understand why in a second. like we learned a lot in this episode some things i just never knew um and if you don't know what we're talking about we're talking all things prenups and postnuptials and this was an episode that was requested by a listener a few months ago and this was already something that we wanted to address but even more so like you know what i got you girl we gonna we gonna do it so we learned a lot. We learned a lot. And I think that, you know, our conversation is going to make you think a little bit. Um, a lot of the stuff we don't really talk about. And I feel like even in premarital counseling, I mean, we touched on some deep and serious things, but we never talked about prenup, postnup, you know. So yeah, so sit back, you in the car. If you at the house, if you at the gym, if you walking in the neighborhood, you may want to run this one back when you're with your partner. <laughs> um, just because this is going to be a good one and this is good information for both of you. So enjoy. We have a very, very special guest with us today. Guest, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. My name is Natalie Guadalupe. I am a family law attorney in Texas. Yay. We are so happy to have you on for a very important (laughs) subject matter. Like this was a a requested episode. So, you know, chances are if one person requested it, somebody else was also thinking it. They just didn't. And I know Tani and I have talked about this from time to time so we're really Mm -hmm. happy to have you on (laughs) yeah it's my honor thanks for asking me you're welcome you're welcome so before we like dive into all of that tell us a little bit about yourself like have you always been in texas um i'm from texas i was not born here but i grew up in texas okay Um, i went to high school and college here and then i moved to the dc area and did grad school and law school and stayed in that area for about 10 years, and then I moved back home to Texas in 2013. That works. <laughs> so, like, what got you in the field of law that you're in? Like, what drove you there? Um, I've always been interested in family. So when I was, like, a little kid, I told myself I wanted to be a child psychologist or a lawyer. So I first did go to grad school and became a marriage and family therapist, and I like working with families and families with kids. Um, but I still had a thirst for the law. Um, As a therapist, I would go to court and 
be people's witness for their therapy treatment plans. And so with that, I was like, I think being a lawyer is like really cool and lawyers help people because for a while I thought that lawyers did not help people. So then I went to law school and wanted to do family law pretty much after I started, but got caught up in other jobs. So um, I've been doing family law full time for about five years now. And I did it part-time in between my um, full-time job. I did volunteer legal representation through DBAP in the Dallas area. Wow. So now we're actually going to transition into everyone's favorite game, which is this or that, which is basically picking between one option or the other and explaining why. And so Natalie, because you're our guest, we will let you go first <laughs> and then to Nia, and then we'll start back around. Um, so don't forget to explain why after each one you select. So for the first round, trying to stay on theme with our conversation tonight, would you prefer to be the spouse that asks for a post up or the spouse that is being asked for a post up? Hmm. Would I prefer to be the one asking or asked? I think I'd prefer to be asked for a prenup because um, since I am an attorney and my husband is not, I feel like it would kind of look like I have like something up my sleeve that I know something he doesn't know. So I think I'd rather him approach me with that question if he's interested. Okay. That's a good answer. <laughs> what about you, Tania? <laughs> this is hard because I kind of feel like I mean, I think I would want to ask for a prenup before my now husband asked me for a prenup. Um, I honestly don't know why, but I just feel like I think it would just be different coming from me than him. Because then I would think that there's something else going on. Like, okay, so what do you mean? (laughs) Like, you know, why are you asking me this? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, so yeah, I think I would want to be the one to ask and not him. And we actually talked about it, but yeah, yeah, Yeah. we'll get into that later on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think I would probably want to be the asker too. I don't know. Like it would just kind of, I think I feel like you, Tania, like, why are you asking me this? Like, wait, what's going on? Like, where did this come from? It'd be one thing if like, this was brought up earlier, but it's like, what you need to, what you need to define the lines for, you know, like <laughs> what's, what's going on. So yeah, I think I'm, I'm on the same boat, like in the same boat with you. Okay. So round two, would you prefer to only get a prenup just in case there's infidelity in the marriage or only get a prenup just in case your personal business takes off? Hmm. I guess for infidelity, that would be a, a, a reason if I had to pick one of the two. And my why is, I think he and I both expect to be successful in our jobs, in our careers. So I would assume that if we did end up having to get divorced, that we'd be okay afterwards. So that would be my why for saying one for infidelity versus um career option. Okay. Tania, what about you? I think I would choose the same. I think. Um, that would be so unexpected. So, I, and so, yeah, so I think I would just choose infidelity. Yeah. 
these are hard. I'm sorry. Like I've never thought, <laughs> I never thought, <laughs> I never thought this deep into these questions. And so, um, so yeah, these are hard. So I really don't have a, like a thorough explanation as to why I'm choosing that, but I would choose infidelity. Okay. Very hard question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, I don't know. Like I see it either way so like okay you only get a prenup if there's infidelity but like chances are that's not gonna happen but then like the business taking off that could happen (laughs) but like the divorce part that's probably not gonna happen you know like so it's the kind of in my mind trying to figure out like what's likely to happen I don't know. It is hard. I think I just threw this together without actually thinking that at some point I'm going to have to answer it as well. So um, I'm going to go with infidelity too and just keep it trucking. Um, all right. So well, round. I'll to my answer. So with infidelity, okay. you can get a fault-based divorce where you can potentially get a disproportionate share of the marital estate. So you're kind of winning even without having the prenup, if you're getting divorced based on the other person's infidelity. So that's also oh. kind of why the other one, I feel like, like I, it's a win-win. The other one's, I mean, also a win-win, but this one could give me a, a better win. Oh, you know, when I was like pulling together these questions, I did wonder, like, cause I feel as if infidelity based divorces, I've heard a, a lot about recently, like, just in the news and stuff and just like seeing stuff online. So like, I'm thinking, how does that boil down financially? You know, like, do you just, you take what's, you know, like y'all just split it down the middle or like, because there was infidelity, you get more, you know, like that was just a, like a fleeting thought that I had maybe like 30 minutes ago. Yeah. It's, it's definitely something that varies state by state. Mm, Okay. Yeah. Well, We'll dive into that in a second. Um, all right. So round three, discussing who gets what in case of a divorce during the engagement or discussing who gets what in case of a divorce after getting married? I think both. Um, as you go through each stage and phase of your marriage and your relationship, like I think mm-hmm. we go into it thinking, oh, it's going to be like this and this is how this is going to go. And then it changes. So I think you have to continue to renegotiate and re-agree on what you guys are going to do for each phase and change in your relationship. Okay, that makes sense. All right. Probably helps me <laughs> answer the question. <laughs> well, no, she said both. <laughs> I know. I just figured you were going to say both, too. <laughs> I'm not playing by the rules. <laughs> That's okay. Tania never plays by the rules, so you're good. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. Like, I never knew that that was possible, that you can talk about that during the marriage as well. Um, well, I'm guessing if there's already a prenup in place, then, you know, that can be updated. But I guess I think I would want to talk about it beforehand. And then, and then I guess just go from there. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this is, this is just a game. <laughs> I mean, I understand that, but you know, like we're talking about this, but then also other people are now like, you know, of course when they listen back to this, they're going to be like, Hmm, like, okay. So we should have talked about this in premarital counseling. Like, you know, we should have, you know, (laughs) Um, right. Right. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. So that would be my answer. That was funny. Um, 
I think I would probably, well, in all honesty, one part of me is like, I would want to have this conversation beforehand, but I feel like I learned more after getting married. So realistically, that might have been like the real answer because like the nothing was nothing was legal yet when you was engaged. <laughs> so like everything's kind of like still warm and fuzzy and kind of can be hypothetical. But then on the other side, it's like, all right, look, this this what it is actually. So, this ain't it. <laughs> it, it. Right, right. So yeah, like, but you ain't know that then, but anywho. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so final round. And this is based off, um, of, I was just thinking back to like a former season of Real Housewives of Potomac because one of the wives on there had a, I think had a post-nup amended, I believe, which I didn't even know any of that was an actual thing. But basically, would you prefer to get extra like money if a divorce happens based on the amount of kids you have or if it's like oh we've been together x amount of years and you cheated so like Mm -hmm. basically what's the qualifier the children or the the long the longer marriage and the infidelity i guess i would pick um the children because in at least in Texas, there is a cap on the amount that you can receive in child support. So mm. if we have an agreement as to what I will be, I'm assuming I will be getting it. Um, if there's a cap mm. or there's an agreement as to what I would get in child support based on the number of kids, then I do it that way. Okay. I would also say the same because once we dissolve with a marriage, like there's no more me and you. Now it's all about the kids. Like I would want you to take care of the kids and, you know, I'll be fine, but definitely take care of the kids. Good point. Mm-hmm. I agree with y'all. Definitely agree with y'all. Like there are children that are innocent parties in this, had nothing to do with nothing, you know, but they still need to be able to go to school, eat have a roof over their heads, all those things. If they're attending private school, like, (laughs) you know, that's a college tuition, you know, so, yeah. Their lifestyle needs to be maintained, yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure. Okay, that wasn't too, too hard, I believe. Um, But if you didn't know, because by somehow you missed the intro and you missed the episode graphic and the title when you clicked... (laughs) play we are talking about prenups and postnups today um thanks to one lucky listener that requested it i mean we was going to do this anyway but we are going to learn because in all honesty everything i know is based off tv shows (laughs) so i feel like i really don't know a lot about like prenups or postnups and like how they're created all I know, like in my head, is like you could have a prenup and then like it goes into effect if there's a divorce. And that's pretty much the gist of what I know. You know, like. Yeah. I think that this is going to be a great conversation just because there's a lot of things that we just don't know, just as mm-hmm. like the. I don't want to say like the layperson, basically. Like we don't know this. Like we don't learn right. this in school. I mean, of course, we see it in movies. We see it on TV, like you said, Ashley. Mm-hmm. But this is just something that we don't talk about. And I think 
like, I don't know if I wanted to even like narrow this down to the African-American community, you know, like I know that once, you know, like if your husband or even if your wife, you know, if they become famous and they get a lot of money, then of course they have people around them talking about, you know, Hey, you need to get this in place. You need to do this. But just like the normal average day, you know, person, I mean, like, I don't think that this conversation, you know, is talked about. So I'm happy that we're talking about this because we're going to learn a lot from this. Um, So, yeah. So to start off, define what prenups and postnups are and what can and can't be included. And then also, can they be updated? Yes. So a premarital agreement is an agreement between people who are about to be married and you make it in contemplation of marriage. So it's something you do when you're engaged, before you're married. It has to be in writing and signed by the two of you. You can also do an agreement after you are already married, which is commonly called a postnup or a postmarital agreement. In Texas, we have um, three different types of agreements. So there's one that's a prenuptial agreement. And then after you're married, you can have an agreement to convert your separate property to community property. And then the third type of agreement you can have is a marital property agreement. So I can go into those details um, as to what is included, what you need to have to enforce it, um, whichever way you want to go. So I'll pause in case you have a question about that part there. That was a big chunk. No questions there. I think you explained it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You mentioned someone having, um, like becoming very successful and whether or not they have a premarital or postmarital agreement. So in Texas, at least, um, once you're married, if you don't have a premarital agreement, then all the property and assets, so one person's earnings, if they're making a lot of money, and the other person, if they're not working or they're not working and making as much, all of those earnings are community property. If that couple gets divorced in Texas, then all of that money earned during the marriage is community property and subject to division by the court, which could be 50-50 or something close to that. So without the agreement, you're probably going to end up kind of being even. If before marriage, you anticipate that someone is going to be that much of a higher earner and that person wants to, from the beginning before you're married, say, and the other person agrees to, receiving a lesser percentage, then that's something that you can put into your premarital agreement. What happens a lot of time, though, is that people don't know that one person's going to be such a higher earner, and at the time of the divorce, those community funds are split pretty equally, and that could be to the disappointment of the one that's earning a lot, and maybe to the surprise happy ending to the one who wasn't earning as much. You can also have agreements regarding the children, like where they live. If you want to already say that dad's going to be the primary managing conservator, where the children, if you have children, live with him, and then mom's going to be the um, other joint managing conservator, but the non-custodial parent, you can put that into your premarital agreement. There are things that are not allowed, like you can't Um, expressly say that there are going to be things that can negatively affect the kids. So you cannot have anything that adversely affects the right to child support. And you can't have anything that's in violation of the public policy or statutes in the state. So I'm only talking about Texas law because even though I'm licensed in Maryland, I practice in Texas. So 
those are the two things you cannot have in there. So there are pros and cons to getting a prenuptial agreement or a postnuptial agreement. It depends on your life situation and what you think it could be in the future. Um, at the beginning, we did this or that. Um, I was thinking about when I gave birth to my youngest. I have a, a bonus daughter, and I have one that I carried. And so when I went to the hospital, I had this birth plan. I was going to do this birth plan. But as things progressed and changed, I didn't follow the birth plan. And so that happens a lot when people do these premarital agreements. So when you make your agreement, it becomes an enforceable contract that you can enforce at the time of a divorce. When you're 20, 30, getting married, you may have some ideas about how you would like things to be split and how you would like your life to go. But maybe when the triggering thing for the prenuptial agreement is activated upon divorce happens, you may not even like that agreement anymore. So if you're progressing in your marriage and you want to renegotiate the terms of that, you can, but you guys have to both sign it. It can't be one person just says, I don't agree to this anymore. It's not like a divorce where one person's out and the, the marriage ends. Both people mm. have to agree to modify that agreement. Hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Now, do the prenups and postnups, do they have expiration dates or like a window of eligibility? They last until one person like has a triggering event. So if it's, if there's infidelity, then we're, we're going to get a divorce and here's what happens with the infidelity. But someone has to file for divorce in order for that agreement to like spring into action. Would they have to prove the infidelity though? Like if they had an infidelity clause, like would they have to show in some form or fashion that the infidelity took place? That would be in the divorce. So if you have a oh, okay. grounds of divorce in your state, then you'd have to prove the infidelity. Mm. Gotcha. So you got to hire a private investigator. <laughs> have secret cameras set up in the house yeah. or something. Or like... <laughs> Take screenshots when he in the right. shower. <laughs> right. Open up his phone like... <laughs> when he sleep <laughs> the face up. <laughs> so, uh, we're just playing around guys we're right we're around. doing a lot you anyway. <laughs> have that in some cases so, where they, they have pictures of things happening and private investigators and all kinds of stuff to me, okay that's so like, it does happen just, in real life <laughs> right but to me that's like ooh, that's just costing all this money yeah to be able to you know eventually get something towards the end oh gosh yeah. okay well you kind of mentioned this but you can change like the details of the prenup or the postnup like after it's been put in place if both spouses agree so think of it like a contract okay. so you have a contract if you the contract's not working for both parties anymore then you can renegotiate the terms of the contract what makes it different than a regular contract is they're not something called consideration where you have to give something to get something it's an agreement so you guys both have to sign it and it has to be in writing i also push for the extra that it's notarized so that you just have a little bit of extra assurance that both of you are agreeing to this because when you have it notarized you're swearing mm -hmm. and saying that this really is what i'm agreeing to because there are ways that you can try to undo this agreement when it's triggered by a divorce action where you say 
I was forced to do it, or I didn't actually sign mm. it. That's not my signature, or I didn't read this, or the mm. other person didn't tell me about all their assets. If I knew they were a quadrillionaire, I would have asked for these other things. So there are ways you can try to argue against it when it's triggered and someone is now trying to use it in a divorce, um, but you have to still climb that hurdle. Makes sense. That's interesting that you say that because I remember, was it Christina Milian and Nick Cannon? Like, were they ever married? I can't remember if they were married, but something happened. Like, she was pregnant. She um, was the dream, probably. Okay, she so was, was married it, to him. But something happened, and she was like, I was, you know, like I was about to give birth and I had to sign papers. Like, he made me sign papers, and I wasn't in my right mind. I can't I remember was, what. I think that was him because they have a kid together. Yeah. Like, right okay, so maybe it was, was a dream. Pregnant, okay. He, yeah, because I think he got married to someone else, or mm-hmm. was dating somebody else, like when she was pregnant. Gotcha. It's when you are not intending to be married. Maybe you have children together. You live together, and you have an agreement that we are cohabitating. We are not married. We are not intending to be married. But if we have kids, here is our schedule for the kids. Here's the child support. Here's how we're doing health insurance. Um, you, you put all those things into a cohabitation agreement. And maybe that's what they had. I'm not sure what state they were in, but in Texas, that's another option. Gotcha. Gotcha. You know, like, I don't think her lawyer was present at the time. And so I know that that was a, you know, like a big thing surrounding that case. Mm-hmm. So did not know that could actually happen. Yeah, that's why mm-hmm. I say get it notarized. <laughs> mm-hmm. So... In the same way, I guess, they can be established. Can they be broken or dissolved? Like, you know what? Never mind. We don't want this anymore. Like, No, it's not like shopping at Nordstrom. <laughs> I didn't expect you to say that. I'm sorry. <laughs> nope. Oh, my gosh. I am so sorry. I really expected you to be like, yeah, it can be. <laughs> only if you both agree. So only if the store says, all right, I'll take it back. Got it. Wow, this ain't something you go into lightly. Yes, you don't go into it lightly. So you may want to like for the different states of people that you're where you're living, you may want to check into the rules of your state for a divorce. And if you plan to stay in that state and you think, well, this this is pretty fair. I can live with if I get divorced here, how it would go. Um, I would consider that. Now, question. Um, you mentioned like if you're in the same state, like so. W- and so like, what happens if you move? Like, do you have to do another prenup in that state or everything will occur in the previous state? In Texas, we accept prenuptial agreements from other states and they will be enforced in Texas as if you did it in Texas. Okay. You need to, All be, right. That's like, you need to be very specific. Like our community property, we want to divide it like this. Our separate property like this. If we have children, this person's going to be the primary managing conservator. The kids primarily live with them. The other person has visits. Or if it's 50-50, exactly what that 50-50 is, um, they need to be pretty specific. But that's the hard thing because it's very hard to know when you first get married what you're going to want to do when you have kids, if you have kids. Like what if you have a struggle with infidelity and you built that with negotiations of, okay, I'll agree to this because you're agreeing to this with kids and then you don't have kids, like that may have really disrupted your whole plan when you were really banking on having kids or what if one person 
gets like physically disabled and they they can't really work and now the person who was going to work isn't able to work and now the other person has to do something and you made this agreement thinking they're going to be the breadwinner but now you know some I don't want to be super morbid but like what if they were a surgeon and you thought oh my my wife is a surgeon she's going to be making this money and then she has a brain injury and she can't be a surgeon anymore and now what are you going to do so lots of ifs and thens to think about when you're considering doing a prenuptial or postnuptial not to dis- uh, discourage anyone because I do do these <laughs> no but yeah but like we need to know all of this you know because yeah. these things can happen these things do happen I should say yes. yeah now I know that this may vary um, um, but how much is it to get a nuptial agreement depends on the attorney depends on the area of law that they focus on so um, if a person is a family law attorney, this is a family law type issue, then they are usually focused on that. And they, because of that, they may have a higher rate for that. If it's someone who practices everything, then they may have a different rate. Depends on also what area of the country and state they live in. So I'm in the DFW area. So the prices here are competitive. But if I were to go to like Laredo, then um, I probably charge a different rate. So it depends on lots of different things. That makes sense. So can same-sex couples get nuptial agreements? Because I know like, well, I think now everywhere, same-sex couples can get married, but that could change depending on laws and things like that. So yes, but yeah. Yeah, same-sex partners can have a prenuptial agreement, postnuptial agreement. Um, they operate the same way. When I've had same-sex divorces, they're just like heterosexual divorces mm-hmm. and the decree and um, the, the property division. If they're children, it's the same. Gotcha. So about getting a prenup in general... If you go into, and most of these questions are actually questions from our listeners. Um, If you go into your marriage with barely a pot, (laughs) well, you don't have much. Is there like, do you need to have something of significance or like a certain amount of money or like certain assets to qualify for getting a prenup or what? Uh, no, and that's a really good question. That's something that people think okay. about. Do I need one? Because I've got all this money and they don't have anything. So what you have entering the marriage is your separate property, at least in Texas. And if you get something by gift or devise, that is your separate property. So even if you were to get a divorce without this agreement under the law, that stuff is still your stuff. The thing to think about is whether you think one of you is going to make more money than the other whether one of you has already decided you're going to not work outside the house if you want to have an agreement with your spouse to have some type of compensation for that because one person's getting a paycheck and sharing the assets with their spouse and the other person's not. So if you're making that negotiation and that agreement at the beginning um, and you want to put that into a, a formal contract that's enforceable, then that would be a reason to do prenup. But if you're one person has a lot going in, the other person doesn't, and you break up and 
10 years and you guys have acquired a lot, then that could be potentially split in half, but then you still get to keep what you had going into it. Okay, so if you plan on getting a prenup or postnup, do both of you need different lawyers? Yes, because the lawyer working on the case has a fiduciary duty to one client. It's not like when you go to therapy and you can have one therapist for both of you. With that, the therapist is the therapist for the marriage and you guys are a part of the marriage. But for any type of um, contract that has to do with divorce, contemplating divorce, you need separate attorneys because that attorney has a fiduciary duty to one client. And if I'm advising wife, something that may be beneficial to wife may not be beneficial to husband. And I would have to tell husband that and then I'm conflicted as to like who I'm truly advocating for and representing. Now, what you can do is represent one party and meet with the other party, but you have to make it expressly clear that I don't represent you. I advise you to get your own legal counsel. I'm just here to explain what this is, and I'm not here to advise you or to tell you what's in your best interest. I represent this person. So that Mm -hmm. will be allowed, but it needs to be abundantly, abundantly clear that you only represent one. I mean, I'm always going to root for the women, but you better get everything. (laughs) 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 I have a variety of clients and sometimes I represent the wife. Sometimes I represent the husband. I have same sex couples where I'm on one wife's side and not the other wife's side, but they're all, they're all different. And when I advocate for them, I'm like in their lane and it doesn't matter who the other person is like I'm in that person's lane and that's what you want to get when you hire someone to help you with a prenup or a postnup, not someone who's going to represent both or help both of you. Cause how could they really be helping you in the event of the dissolution of your marriage? If they're advising both of you. That makes sense. Is there like, because I've never seen a prenup or a postnup, like any sort of nuptial agreement So I don't know how they're structured, but like, do they all share the same bones? And is there like a section that's like infidelity or like a section that's like children or I I don't know, like different trigger events or like qualifying Mm -hmm. events? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just kind of made up that word triggering event. So don't quote me as it being (laughs) (laughs) okay. They should all be inviting. They should all name the parties. They should. Describe what you have, what you think you may have in the future, how you want to divide that. If you have children, what things you want to provide for them. So you can say that the wife is going to pay for the kid's college and and the husband's going to buy the car or, or wife number one is going to be the one to keep the dog and wife number two doesn't get the dog. You can put those specific things, but I make them very specific to each client because everyone's situation is unique but they need to have just like basic elements signed by both parties name the parties name as much current property that you have anticipated property and have contingencies another thing i like to add is to uh, if you have a will already drafted this is more for a postnuptial agreement if you have a will you can get together which it's recommended when you're married to have a will that I incorporate the terms of the will into the postnuptial agreement and they need to not conflict. So that's another like thing to make sure everything flows nicely together. Because I did listen to your episode where you had the estate planning attorney on and 
she was really good. <laughs> and so in listening to that, I wanted to tie that to this because they are very closely tied together. Thank you. I wouldn't have even thought about that, but that does make sense. Like, it can't say one thing there mm -hmm. and <laughs> one thing here, you know. That could be a problem. So when you do have a will, that fiduciary duty that I was talking about is mm -hmm. the same but not the same because you can both go to the same and you should go to the same attorney to draft your estate planning documents because when mm -hmm. one of you passes under, at least in Texas, the default rule is that everything pretty much goes to the surviving spouse. So those um, estate planning documents are better done by one attorney who's helping both of you. Gotcha. So when it comes to the estate planning, one. When it comes to the pre and the postnups, two. Okay. This was a listener question. So what is the wildest clause you've heard of in a prenup or postnup? Now, not really trying to have you disclose client stuff, but maybe <laughs> something you've heard in the industry or in the wild. <laughs> so I, I really don't find people's things like super wild or, or crazy because when people are like sharing their experience and what's happening in their life and why they want a postnuptial agreement or what their concern is before marriage and why they want this prenup I just kind of like put myself in their life in their shoes and I'm like looking through their eyes and I feel like yeah I would make the same choice so I really don't really have any good wild stories about pre or postnup people now about like divorce clients I got stories for that <laughs> but as far as uh, these agreements I, I don't have any real crazy stories that's fine mm -hmm. <laughs> sorry mm -hmm. womp 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 <laughs> <laughs> sorry so are there alternatives to a nuptial agreement estate planning documents I think are a good alternative to a post-nuptial agreement because that's where you can say this is what happens with these assets, but that's only triggered upon death. So outside of that, I would say having conversations with your spouse as things go along about where the money is and where um, what the divisions are going to be, making sure you guys share your expectations. If one person is not making as much or is not earning money outside the house at all, maybe getting an agreement with your spouse that's not actual a, a postnuptial agreement but to have a stipend sent to you at some frequency and that that separate property is a gift communicating throughout your relationship because the main idea at least for me people who I'm doing the postnuptial agreements with they are intending to stay married like there is something that's happened in their marriage that a lot of people would have wanted to go and get divorced but they've decided this really bad thing has happened. We've had these really bad experiences. I'm going to stay with you, but I want to have some um, some protection for myself in case you keep doing this thing or don't stop doing this. I want to have some protections for myself put in place in case we do get a divorce to where it's a good outcome for me. And sometimes it's a motivator for that person who's doing things that the other person doesn't approve of or appreciate. Sometimes it's a motivator to get them back in line. Like, okay, if I keep messing up like this, then he or she's going to get whatever this is. And I want to, I want to not have that happen. And then sometimes it's also a reassurance that, okay, I know I've messed up and I'm willing to agree to these things to really show you how serious I am about improving the marriage. So it doesn't have to necessarily be seen as like a 
oh, you're already thinking about the divorce before it even, or, you know, like, it's a look. We realize things happen, you know, like, let's Mm -hmm. just have something in mind just in case, Mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't have to be morbid. It's more just realistic. Yeah. So you've given us a lot of advice. Um, and I think we learned a lot in this episode, but are there any parting words or advice, um, that you would like to give us, you know, that we didn't cover? Um, I would say in your relationships to check in with your spouse, check in with how it's going. If you guys need to go to therapy, go to therapy. If you need to create separate accounts or have joint accounts or do certain investments to be in communication with your spouse about what those expectations are with the kids make sure you guys are talking about what you are hoping to have happen and then when life events happen and you figure out like oh I thought I wanted this but I want this other thing instead don't be afraid to say that there's been a change that's a really good advice really really good advice I'm just trying to picture like the the listeners of this episode like yeah that's Mm -hmm. you know Because the majority of our listeners aren't lawyers (laughs) or paralegals or, you know, in the law space. So Mm -hmm. they don't know. If you ask me about, um, I don't know, some other area of the law, I would not know either. So (laughs) it's it's Mm. for anyone who doesn't practice in this area. That That makes makes sense. sense Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for giving us that information. Like I said, you know, like a lot of this stuff, like we just don't know. Um, And we learn a lot through TV, but, you know, that's TV. And, like, we never know if that's real or fake. So, so yeah, so thank you so much for giving us this information. Um, I think that this will be a very, very good episode for anyone and everyone to listen to. So, yes, thank you again. Um, So now we're going to move into the wedding vendor love. This is the section of our podcast that we give some love to all the vendors out there. So who would you like to shout out this week? So the person who really, really taught me a lot of family law is Rita Dixon. She has a law office in Frisco, Texas. She also does estate planning, probate, and I think she's super amazing. One of my other mentors when I lived in D.C. was Judge Gregory Jackson. And he he's just an awesome person, awesome man, awesome judge, attorney. And it's one of the people who I super admire in the league. Perfect. Ashley. Who would you like to shout out this week? This week, I am shouting out a photographer I came across that basically is located everywhere you are, so you don't even need to worry about that. But she is um, really, really good. I really like her work. She's also inclusive. She says all love is welcome. So that's a box for you to check off if that is important to you. Her name is Melissa Faye Chapman, and her Instagram is Melissa Faye Chapman Photography. Her website is MelissaFayChapman.com. I will spell it for you. M-E-L-I-S-S-A-F-E-C-H-A-P-M-A-N-P-H-O-T-O-G-R-A-P-H-Y.com. Hopefully, I pronounced her name right But her work is really, really great. You can tell that she's worked with a variety of couples. I love couples that bring different personalities and style to their um, engagement shoots or their weddings or what have you. And so 
she has captured all of that very beautifully um so that is who i am shouting out what about you who are you shouting out Tania? yeah so this week i am shouting out the rented event designs and rentals i'm not quite sure if i shouted them out previously but when I tell you this company is the absolute best, originally when I was planning or when we were planning our wedding, we received a recommendation for Chivari chairs. However, my husband did not like the price tag that he saw. And so he searched high and low for a rental company and he landed upon the rented event. So I will give him the credit. Thanks, Brandon. But the owner and operator of the rented event is Janine Johnson. She is absolutely amazing to work with. She is a joy in person. When I tell you her team, they will come in and out and they will break things down in less than an hour. Um, I've never seen that before. So definitely, if you are in need of an event design and rental company, please reach out to Janine at the rented event. And that's the T-H-E-R-E-N-T-E-D-E-V-E-N-T on Instagram. And you can also look them up at therentedevent.com. And if you reach out to them, just let her know that Hugh I do sent you. Go book her. Go give her your money. Okay? (laughs) Do you have anything you want to plug? So this is usually the point where... If our audience wants to find you, say they're in the area or, you know, they're on TikTok, where can they go to learn more, find more, etc.? You can find me on TikTok under my name, Natalie H. Guadalupe. You can also find me at the at name I have there, DFW Divorce Attorney. That's the same handle I use on Instagram trying to work on my Facebook. I'm actually trying to get a YouTube page started, so stay tuned. But the place you can find me most frequently is on TikTok at DFW Divorce Attorney. And you are always giving out really great information there. I'm like, I'm in Georgia, but still, like, (laughs) I'm learning. Like, there was this one video you had, oh my gosh, Gray something? Gray Rocky. Gray rocking. And I was like, I had never heard of that before. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like the whole custody and the whole, like, at the, mm-hmm. I'm learning. <laughs> yeah, I like terms so, yeah. like that because they describe things that we are familiar with doing, we just didn't have a label for. So then like now we have a label for, okay, that's gray rocking. Like I've been doing this thing, but I didn't know what it was called. Mm-hmm. Y'all go follow her, especially <laughs> our TikTok girlies and guys go, go. On. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank, well, thank you, you so much. Yes. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. We were saying it at the same time. Thank you yeah, seriously for coming on and giving us all this wonderful information. We are extremely grateful. You ever wanted to find anyone that has ever been shouted out on this show and all 300 plus wedding vendors that have been shouted out, which is a wild to even think of, but you will be able to find them on find.huido.com. So if you don't remember what we said, or you're listening to an episode later 
and you want to look that person up, or maybe you don't remember how to spell their name or what have you, you can always go there and easily find them. So just a little mental note. But Tania, where can people find us? You can find us on huido.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, TikTok. And you can find Ashley at Demi Tosh on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find me at Bell Sari on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you again. We'll be back. See y'all next week. <laughs>